So we live in a world these days surrounded by phrases like this, the force be with you. And the answer would be, and also with you, right? Um, how many of you have seen the movie? Well, I just wanted to share with all of you, I have not seen the movie. I've never seen a Star Wars movie completely, so I'm not really planning to. So if you were hoping to hear something about Star Wars tied in with Jesus tonight, you're not going to get it. But there is something of great significance going on in these recent days. It happens to be the 50th anniversary, and I want to clarify this. In a day and age where things change very dramatically, very quickly, and, and that kind of that phrase, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's good to know that there are some things in life that aren't changing very much these days. And here's one of them. It is the 50th anniversary of the showing of Star Wars? No. The Charlie Brown Christmas Special. Charlie Brown Christmas Special. In fact, tonight it aired, I understand, and it, it's like the 50th anniversary. Think about that. 50 years straight, this show, the Charlie Brown Christmas Special, has been on the air. Um, some of you are thinking, has it really been 50 years? I'm not that old. Yes, you are. It's been that long. 50 years. I mean, that's a half a century. That's a really big deal. It's a really long time. And it just so happened, um, a few, um, man, like three weeks ago, I was listening to the radio and Christmas music was playing. And I was dropping my kids off at school. And someone called in. And it was a, a live call. And, and she says, did you ever notice... And, and she was saying, you know, it's the 50th anniversary of the Charlie Brown Christmas special this year. And they're thinking all the nostalgic and all that. And, and she says, I watched it the other night and something happened that I never noticed before. And I was listening in. Like, what? I know that whole show by heart. I've seen it so many times. And, and, and she said something that happens in that, that show by Charles Schultz that I'd never noticed before. Now that was beginning of December, and since then, I've heard and read people blogging about it, talking about it, and noticing it, and, and it's, it's been out there a little more, and, and I'm going to show you something. Uh, how many of you know what I'm going to show you? A few hands are going up, and, and, and this is really, I think, pretty special. We're going to watch a clip from the Charlie Brown Christmas special, and I want you to look for something you've never noticed before. See if you know where I'm looking. Let's, let's watch it. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel 
a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And that's it. Did you see it? Did you notice? What is it? His blanket. For years, episode after episode, of every Peanuts cartoon, Sally, Charlie Brown, Snoopy himself, even Peppermint Patty, all of them tried to convince Linus to simply give up the blanket. And he never would, except for right here. This is the only time in Peanuts history that Linus ever drops his blanket. Never noticed it, and I bet you didn't either. Why does he drop it? He says, fear not. He's reading God's word, and God says, don't be afraid. And in that moment, coincidence? I don't think so. Very intentional. Linus, for the first time ever, drops his blanket. And I'm calling you to think about this tonight. Because I believe God is calling all of us to drop our blankets, too. You might say, well, what kind of blankets are you talking about, Pastor Mark? Are you losing it here? Well, by the way, I actually do know an adult who is married who still sleeps with her baby blanket. It's about this big now, but she, she still has it, and, and that's pretty significant. That's not the kind of blanket I'm talking about. Uh, what I am talking about is how we cope with fear. Because that's really what it comes down to, is fear. Just like the famous speech, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And actually fear really does grip a lot of people. It's not so much that we're talking about um, healthy fear, because there are healthy fears. Here's an example of a healthy fear. When you're driving down the road, a fear of saying, I'm going to stay in my lane and not veer off into oncoming traffic, that is a very healthy fear. Stay in your lane. That's good. How about this? You're cooking, and, and the stovetop is hot. A healthy fear is, I'm not going to touch that hot stove. Those are fears that we learn, and we say, because I want to be safe. But there's unhealthy fears, too. Unhealthy fears, they, they tend to paralyze us. Uh, they tend to actually create a, a wedge between God and us. They, they create a wedge between us and, and other people. And, and fears that, that look something like this. Maybe it's fears of failure. And maybe you're gripped by that kind of fear. Like, what if I don't succeed? What if I fail as a parent? What if I, I fail as, as a student? What if I fail as, as someone who de desires to be successful in business? What if I fail at all that and my family's depending on me? What if I don't follow through? Or what if my marriage fails? For some, some of that failure or that fear is, is based in, in that fear of abandonment. And maybe we've said to ourselves, you know what? Too many people have let me down. Too many people have hurt me. I will never trust again. And, and ever since then, we've put up a guard in our life where really people have never really had a chance to know us because we live our life guarded and we live in fear. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're even in a relationship. You're married. You've been married for years. And the person you're married to, you've really never, ever, ever let down your guard for them to really know you. It happens all the time. Where we live in fear. We live in anxiety. 
maybe for you it's, it's a different kind of fear. Because what, what often can happen for people is fear that, that hangs around long enough turns into worry, which really is misplaced meditation and, and anxiety. And it can actually paralyze us in an inability to really function the way God intended it to be. Fear is a very real thing. I've even met people who are afraid to succeed. And that might sound funny, but it works kind of like this. The thought is, if I succeed, then people will expect more of me. My life is going to be more stressful. I'm going to have more responsibility, and, and I don't want that. And yet, I'm expected to succeed. Maybe that's your fear here tonight. Maybe your fear is losing someone. Maybe your fear is getting through this year. How are you going to cope without that loved one this year? Maybe your fear is, how are we going to just get by financially? Fear is a very real thing for a lot of people. And, and what happens is it, it just consumes us. You find yourself thinking about it late at night, living in fear. Maybe it's fear of where's the world going these days? And are we really safe? Many people have shared they're fearful of what could happen. You know, some years ago, they discovered that it's actually the case that some people have a predisposition toward fear and worry and anxiety. And, and there's actually a, a chromosome kind of thing and a, a, a gene that they've discovered and they pinpointed that some people are prone to that. Now, by me saying that, some of you are now worried that you have it, right? And so goes the way with fear. So how do we grapple with it? How do we cope with fear in healthy ways? Um, John Ortberg, one of my favorite Christian authors, he once said that he was talking about a friend of his that had shared something that happened in his life. He was fearful because he had to have a, a really difficult conversation with someone that really intimidated him. And he didn't want to have the conversation. And he was all nervous and, and scared and anxiety-ridden. And, and, and he was venting the whole thing with his wife. And, and he says to his wife, he's like, this whole thought of having this conversation with this person, it's making my palms sweat. And and, and then he's just pacing around the house talking, thinking about it. And he says, you know what? Not only are my palms sweating, but, but my mouth is getting dry just thinking about having this conversation. And his wife starts laughing and says, well, easy. Just lick your palms. You'll be fine. <laughs> right? How do you really deal with fear, though? We see Linus. How does he drop the blanket? That security blanket. How do you cope with life? How have you been coping with life? What is it that you've been holding on to so, so tightly and securely, trying to find hope in this world? And meanwhile, you know, it's just not quite working. Where do we find that ability not to fear? And the angel comes to the shepherds, and the angel makes it very clear. He says, no, do not be afraid. Fear not, for I bring you Tidings of good news, which will be to all people. Uh, just checking, who's included in all people? If you have a pulse, you're a person, you're alive, you're a person, and you're included in all people. God comes and he says, this is good news for all people. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, where you've been, no matter what your past is, if you're fearful, your past is going to catch up with your present. If you're fearful of your future, God speaks to you tonight and he says, don't be afraid. 
How many days in the year are there after all? Three hundred and sixty-five. Once in a while, they throw in this extra one called leap year, which brings the total up to three hundred and sixty-six. It's late at night. You're, you're tracking with me fine here. That's good. Three hundred and sixty-six days in a year. It just so happens. This is one of my favorite kind of factoids that I learned long ago is that in God's word, there is a phrase that is repeated more than any other phrase in scripture, more than God talking about his grace, more than God teaching his people how to live and saying love one another or, or teaching them to say forgive one another, more than any of the other things that God ever says to his people. There's one thing he says more than any others, and he says it 366 times, and it is simply this, don't be afraid. It's the most repeated command in God's word. And in that command, it is seasoned with grace and love and assurance that we are not alone in life. And especially as we ponder tonight the fact that every day of the year, beginning tonight, tomorrow, in the days and weeks and ahead, God reminds us, do not be afraid. A God who says, Emmanuel, God with us. God who enters into the brokenness the sin, the ugliness, the despair of humanity in its ugliest places. God enters into that. He doesn't avoid it, but he comes to where we are in our need, in our desperation, in our fears, in all our carrying of blankets. And he says, do not be afraid. Imagine what that would be like tonight to simply let go. When I was a little kid, some of you have heard me share this before. It's one of my favorite things to think about in my childhood. I was fearful about the dark. I was f afraid of, you know, being alone in the dark. And, and you know, I, I go to bed at night, and if I wake up in the middle of the night and, and, and fearful, and, and my way of coping was I would take my blanket, my blankie, <laughs> and, and I'd put it over my head trying to shelter myself from the darkness. But of course, you know what happens when you do that? It only gets more dark, right? But I'd call out. I'd call out to my mom and my dad. And I'd, I'd say, I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid. And, and, and I'd call out in the, in the middle of the darkness. And, and eventually they'd come. And the thing is, they'd turn on the light, but I wouldn't realize it. You know why? Because my blanket was still over my head. <laughs> It was still dark to me. But my reality had changed, but I didn't realize it. Until my mom or my dad would come up next to the bed, touch my cheek, or touch my face, pull the blanket down for me, hold it, and push it aside, and say, it's okay now. You're not alone. We are with you. You are loved. It's going to be okay. The light is on. And you are here. And we are here. And God speaks the same to us. You're not alone tonight. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you fear, no matter what the anxiety, he is with us and he has come in his love. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask your help to let go of the blankets tonight. Whatever we've been gripping, holding on to, whatever it is that is holding back our trust, pushing away our faith, we ask your help to drop the blankets tonight. That the fear would be dispelled because we would realize and see more clearly the light of the world has come among us. And Lord Jesus, your love transforms 
who we are and where we are and what we are as your people to see more clearly no matter what the circumstances. May we not fear as you remind us in your word because you have come and you've touched us with your grace and your loving presence. We praise you for it here tonight in this incredible day, in this incredible evening of celebrating your coming. In Jesus' name, amen.